What up, y'all? Welcome to the maiden voyage of Mobile Homies. I just call my friends, man. That's what we do. This is the very first episode. My guy, Latif the Truth Speaker, is in the building. One half of Latirix, one half of The Last Trumpet, the most incredible rapper, singer, writer, performer, you name it, the guy does it all. Once again, Oakland native, my man, Latif the Truth Speaker. How you doing? I'm doing okay, man. I'm just over here playing with backgrounds for this uh for this Zoom meeting. Hold on, I'm gonna go with the dangerous one. All right, here's the okay. Cool, man. All right. How are you holding up, man? Doing all right, man. You know, um we kind of work from home all the time, you feel me? Yeah. So it's not that much of a stretch, but yeah. And I've actually I actually find I'm working a little bit more now just because people are everybody's reaching out you know everybody's trying to work kind of the same way right now right um so there's that and then you know as you know but other people don't like you know i i, I have a bunch of immunocompromised close friends and family you know gab and my mom's right. recovering from cancer she well she's better now but so i'll be going out and i'll be shopping for him you know so there's that i thought that i thought that was pretty amazing man like when i when i talked to gab and he was like Yo, Latif brought by some groceries. You know what I mean? And, and so, so how does that work exactly? Like, did he call? Like, Gab called you, or or? So the at first, I just started thinking about it because I knew he wouldn't be able to go to the store. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I was like, you know, you shouldn't go to the store. And I hit him up, and it started out the same way that it started out with me with, with a couple of folks. Where I was just like, well, I'm about to go to the store, so you don't have to send me your list right now, and then. I just started doing that every time I would go to the store. So when I'd yeah. go to the store, I would go shopping for my mom and my aunt and I'd go right. shopping for Gab and I, it would make it so that I would be there a little bit longer, you know? And I've definitely had some, I was at one of the farmer Joe's and this dude that was standing real close to me and wasn't really respecting, you know, the social distancing. I moved away yeah. from him and right when I moved away from him, he turned to the left and coughed like right over my food. And I was just like, Come on, man. That's just disrespectful in the quarantine era. You can't do that, man. Dude. He got embarrassed and left. scary as fuck right now. When you hear somebody talk. He got embarrassed and left. He got embarrassed. Bro, next time you're out and about, if you go out and about again, if there are, if, if there are any Asians around you, just peep how they're perceived. Like, I coughed the other day in, in public, and I've never felt that warm tingly i'm being watched feeling like that like ever in my life it was so crazy you know what i mean like next time you're out and about if you can just peep that man it's just like so it's wild shit you know yvette yvette talks about that too you know what i mean she be talking about how she you know it's one of the things you don't really want to deal it's like come on i gotta deal with this too Ah." right and 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 for for those people that don't know gab has a he has a compromised uh immune system because he just had two kidney transplants so he's he's really i mean we're all obviously very happy for him and it's an amazing story but he, he can't go anywhere i mean he's uh, no. he's he's literally confined to his place you know what i mean like it, it's it's deadly for him it could be deadly for him you know what i mean and but i thought that that was dope man that uh that you know because when i talked to him he said that that you had gone shopping for him you know and then you mm-hmm. dropped off some groceries and i think you know, for me, like one of the 
definitely one of the silver linings in this whole thing is that I, I really see people being really compassionate with other people right now. You know, I mean, like I see I, I'm getting I'm I'm reaching out to people that I haven't reached out in years, you know, that, you know, they're always on that mental list of people that you want to talk to. And they're always on that list of, of people that are important to you. But for whatever reason, in the hustle and bustle of your own life, you never you just don't, you know what I mean? Because it's not a part of your daily routine. And I just see a lot of people like not only reaching out, but doing things for other people. And and um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I do see more of a, a, a spirit of uh, togetherness for sure. Like societally, you know, right now that I don't really feel like existed. I mean, aside from the other stuff that we were just talking about, you know, like, but I, obviously that's like 0.01% of the population is, is harassing, you know, is doing like ethnic harassment, you know what I mean? But I mean, and people should be aware of that, obviously, but I think overwhelmingly what, what I'm seeing is you, you, there's, there's a tremendous amount of, I would say like love and support going on, especially on social media and, and and things like that. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. You know, I feel like at first, when it was first happening, that's when I saw the worst wave of kind of like racist stuff going on. I remember I was in New York on tour with Black Alicious, and it was just starting to happen. And there was some kind of friction and tension between this Puerto Rican dude that was out there since Times Square. And like yeah. an just an Asian couple was walking by, and he just flashed on them. Right. And I, and I was just kind of like, whoa. It was the first time it really was like, oh, that's going to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Now. Yeah. Like, this is getting flamed and then spills over like this. Yeah, totally. But, you know, but yeah, but on the other side of it, like, you know, I, you know, I, I bought this house out here in uh, in East Oakland, me and my lady, me and the vet. And, uh, yeah. You know, one of the reasons I got it is because of the community, you know, but like Adam and Adam Theus and, and, and Shana stay down the street. And, you know, I hit him up yesterday. There was a mix up on one of the orders that I had. And I got shout, hit to egg. shout out to Jazz Mafia, by the way. Shout out to Adam yeah, and Jazz, Jazz Mafia. Mafia. Yeah. There was a mix up on eggs. And I hit him up and I was like, hey, man, I got a bunch of extra eggs. And he was like, hey, me and Shana went out for the first time in like two weeks and couldn't find no eggs. Let me get some eggs. And like called around to some of the neighbors and stuff. And we found out, you know. Gave yeah. the had you know, made the best of the of a kind of like shaky situation or whatever. But it was cool. Yeah, you know? no doubt. And I I think like even even like the memes have been an incredible coping mechanism, I I feel like online because something that's so serious and deadly, we're sort of able to make light of it in a way. And you know, it's possible to go too far with that also, but I, I just sort of feel like as another coping mechanism, humor has been incredibly helpful, you know? And when like you see all these memes and people are sort of, a lot of them are self-deprecating or they're like, you know, just sort of, they're talking about how, how other people are kind of dealing with, you know, their day to day. And I think that that's, I think that's been an incredibly helpful, as crazy as it sounds and as how weird it sounds, as much time as we all spend as a society on social media, I think the memes have been incredibly helpful and therapeutic in a way. You know, I mean, do you understand? I'm Would you agree with that too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. I think one of the nicest things about social media, in my opinion, is the way that like uh, really funny people, you can 
you know, you get your jokes, you know, you get your news and you get your jokes from social media, you right. know, and, uh, and the best comedians are the ones that make, you know, to say something that's true and it's funny. It's, you know, because it's true. Who, who, have, what, what comedians have you been seeing online recently that, that have been, as, have been shining in this moment? I mean, Lil, Lil Duvall, I feel like his output is astonishing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of, and I feel like a lot of comedians are also there. They're like, man, he's done it. You know, I feel like it's the medium in which he's the most funny. You know, I see him in other mediums and he's also funny, but the medium yeah. he's the most funny is social media, you know? Yeah. Um, him, I think, uh, Gary, oh, excuse me. There's a couple of cats I think that are, that are pretty funny and just, you know, they're even like, kind of like these strange kind of meme centric places you know what i mean whether you're talking right. about like um the one that i like is uh crime faces where it's just like all fights and it's all just from a new york point of view it's hilarious uh, i'm not up on that what, what is it called crime faces it's called okay. <laughs> crime faces it's all but it's like it's like super violent but it's all new york it's just him narrating fights it's yeah. great it's great you know what I think has been dope too is like all the acapellas, like if you, the, the, with the acapella app, like a lot of the shit that a lot of the musicians and a lot of the artists have been doing with the acapella app. Matter of fact, I think that's something that we should do. You know, the theme of this song is uh, the theme of this um, this Zoom call has been the last trumpet. But I mean, I think that that's something that you and I should do. Maybe with the song Latirics or just uh, what's the one we did with Tune Yards. Um, deliberate gibberish mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i mean where because mm -hmm. we're on the left and right side anyway you know i mean we yeah. don't really need to be in the same place i mean it's i feel like it's kind of perfect for us you know what i mean right. so but like i saw one that uh i saw one that trombone shorty did i saw a couple that trombone shorty did you know and it's just amazing i mean he's it's probably like when you look at it on his instagram it's like eight panels you know, he's in there, he's playing every instrument, he's doing harmonies with the trombone and everything. Oh, wow. It's really amazing. Huh. He did like a, 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 a Lenny Kravitz, It Ain't Over Till It's Over cover, you know oh, what wow. I mean? And it's just, it was so inspiring and relieving, you know? And that, that's another thing that I was going to say. I mean, obviously we're musicians, we're art, we're recording artists, we do this for a living, but I have never felt so relieved and inspired and uplifted by music at any, I don't think at any other time in my life than right now, mm. you, you know what I mean? And I don't mean like my, our music, my music. I mean, just like, music. just being able to have this, this transport, you know, just on your phone at any moment that you can play anything you want and just to, to kind of get you out of your head for however long that lasts, that has been, it's been invaluable, I feel like, um, Absolutely. In, in Absolutely. this time, you know? Yeah. What has, have you found that there's any genres or any like in, anything specific that you've been like gravitating towards? Bro, I've been listening to every, cause you have the time. I've been listening to fucking everything. You know what I mean? Like, like last night we did like a, you know, we've been doing these cooking videos on, on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. We did like a, we did like a stylistics half hour, you know what I mean? Oh, it's wow. just like all ballads, you know, then we did like an all oldies half hour. So it was like 
just like low rider music, you know what I mean? And then after that, you know, I think we did like a new edition hour, you know, it was all new edition music. And then we've done, you know, and then, and then when, um, when Bill Withers passed, we did a, we did a Bill Withers hour, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's, that's a lyrical, you know, that, that's some deep stuff, you know, great writing. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's just, just to be able to have that, you know, like it was crazy. Like I saw, I think people were sort of panicking at first. You know, the first few weeks of this shit, everybody was in shock. You know what I mean? Everybody's dealing with, oh, I just lost my job. Oh, how am I going to pay the bills? Oh, what are we going through? Oh, you know, it's like, understandably, <clears throat> I feel like, I think, you know, just for the record right now, I think we're in like week four of quarantine right now. Is that, is that right? So. I think that's okay. all right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I felt like for the first two weeks, everybody was just in fucking shock. You know what I mean? And it was like, what is going on? You know, and, and there's nobody you can ask to be like, well, what did y'all do the last time there was a worldwide pandemic and everybody was confined to their, confined to their home? You know, it's, it's completely unprecedented. You know what I mean? And I think, but now that that two weeks, that three weeks is kind of a, and people are starting to settle back in and they're, they're starting to find a new routine. I, I feel like, um, you know, we're really starting to see ourselves become this other version of ourselves. You know what I mean? And I know it's difficult for a lot of people, clearly. I mean, it's not ideal, you know, obviously, but it's not all bad. Like, I don't think even as an artist or as a musician, I don't think I've listened to this much music in my life than I am right now. Like when you see all the live streams and like what D nice is doing with premier versus RZA and quest love and everybody is doing, I mean, it's been incredible. Yeah, it's, it, or jazzy jazz. I mean, it's been incredible. You know, it's it's almost like sort of a renaissance that's happening right now yeah. on, on social media, online. You know, I mean, yeah, and that's been nice to see, like that part of it. You know, I think that one of the interesting things that I feel like is happening with this particular virus it's interesting because it's a global pandemic, and I think that you know, like you said, like there's nobody that you can like check with, like, oh, what did you do last time? But I think that it's also like a moment when, you know, we can see that it's not getting handled correctly here. And we can look at how other people outside of the United States are dealing with it, that are dealing with it well and dealing with it correctly. And, you know, there's some places you can point to Taiwan and some other spots that, you know, Seoul, Korea, obviously everybody points to Seoul because they had their same, you know, Korea had their same case on the same day as that we had our first case. Uh, Right. You know, and they had like, two deaths, you know what I mean? And New York has just been pushed right past them. And, you know, there's a bunch of other data, but you got to look at other people, I think, right now, because so far we're the messaging that we're getting, you know, we've talked about the messaging and leadership seem to affect the outcome the most out of almost anything when it comes to this, which is odd because one is just leadership and saying something, and the other one is a microscopic, biological, (laughs) you know, virus that's, you know, messing people up. But, but the fact is that one does affect the other and apparently like to an extreme degree and people that have right. acted faster and acted more humanely, you know, this is also a situation where the more selfish and the more greed driven people are, the worse the outcomes, the more community and more compassionate they are, the better the outcomes. And if Absolutely. Gonna, and if you're going to stick to one, you're going to get bad outcomes regardless. Like you see how, you know, America seems to be going the way of like, how can we make money on this? And just, it's all the wrong answers to how to stop this thing. 
it makes it so that the, the, the goals that everyone has aren't attained because there keeps on being this insistence on making money and individual greed instead of taking care of people and making sure people are okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, you know, that in any crisis, there are people looking for opportunity, you know what I mean? And I, and I think that that is, well, I, I see that in two ways, you know what I mean? I, I see, I think what, what, what you were just talking about is a lot of people look for economic opportunity at the expense of other people's misfortune, you know, and that that is the type of sort of opportunistic thinking in a time of crisis that I, I just think that that's disgusting. You know what I mean? I think it's just terrible. You know what I mean? Because you know, on the other side, you know, when we come out the other side of this, the gap between rich and poor is going to be wider than ever before. You know, and we we saw this in the last recession. You know, because there's always an economic component to any kind of crisis, you know, the societal crisis that we have, you know. And I think when we come out on the other, when we come out the other side of this, uh, those in the middle and below are going to have less ownership, you know what I mean? Those in the middle and above, upper middle and above are going to have more ownership and that and that gap that we already know is incredibly wide. It's going to be even more wide, you know. But I, it, but then on the flip side, I think we also have the opportunity in this crisis to really better ourselves, you know, because I don't remember a time where I had this much presence of mind, you know what I mean? Where I'm not distracted by a million things. I'm not on the road. I'm not in the studio. I don't have some crazy deadline. The phone is not ringing off the hook. You know what I mean? We don't have a release date to me or a this or a that, you, you know? And so you really get a chance to, to reflect, you know, and, and be creative in a really pure way. And I don't know, I just feel like every day that we've been in quarantine, I'm getting more rest than I ever have. You know, I don't remember the last yeah, time I got yeah. eight hours of sleep. I don't remember the last time I got eight, and and you know now we all know that like research is showing that sleep is absolutely the best medicine you could possibly have. You know what I mean? And because I did, I did, I did take that attitude forever. Like I'll sleep when I when I die. You know, I mean, you sleep, I'll work. You know that kind of attitude. You know, and it, it takes its toll on you after a while. And I and I just feel like I, have, I don't remember a time where I actually got this much rest. And as a result, I just have more focus. And I feel like every day that we're in quarantine and every day that we're sheltering in place, I, I'm thinking about what's the next version of myself going to be when we get out of this. You know, sure. it's like, it's like planning the comeback, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and sort of being able to think about issues that maybe have always been on the back burner, personal or otherwise, you know, that have always been on the back burner mm -hmm. that, you have nothing else right now but time and your own thoughts, you know, and the people that are around you to kind of focus on. And I think that, that that's been an amazing opportunity, opportunity that we that we wouldn't have had otherwise, you know. Sure. And again, this shit is not ideal, but yeah. Yeah, 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 if we're talking about silver linings, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I mean, silver linings, there's, there's this, the, the kind of exploration of self that people can have and are having and I feel like creatively you know like Jaw Weiser and Roots and Tings you know 
He's been doing this wake and bake thing in the morning. He plays spins from yeah. 8 to 11. And I tune in, man, like regularly. It makes the whole day better. You know, his, he's, a, he's a morning person. And he'd just be up, play, you know, spinning, playing. He gets the people on there. It's great, man. Shout out to John Weiser. Shout out to John Weiser. Shout out to John Weiser. Yeah. John that, Warrior that, Shelter, high five. Yeah. But, and that, but that kind of stuff, you know, D-Nice, a lot of the DJs spinning, and it's interesting to me, you know, for me, it's more – some of the DJ stuff is more enjoyable even than when I see DJs out because it's DJs playing for themselves. Right. Different from DJs playing for a crowd. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. Yeah, that's an you excellent know, like, point. A lot of times you go out and it's like whatever the crowd is, people read them. Even great DJs like, you know, Z Trip reads the crowd as good or better than anybody I know. And, you know, yeah. so that means that the crowd is influencing what he plays. And when you see him play by himself, what he's playing for himself, what he finds entertaining and kind of clever, it's different, you know? It's just different. And it's yeah. and I find it to be super entertaining and super educating a lot of times because when DJs start to really go deep in their bag, that's when they start pulling out a mix of something. And I'm like, I listen to a lot of music. I've never right. heard that song. And right, that's right, the moment right. for me when I'm listening. And I'm like, in the mix, and I'm like, oh, this is knocking. I know this song. I've never heard this mix, though. What is this mix? Let me find this mix now. You know? But that kind yeah, of I mean, part of it is, is nice, you know? I mean, all, all that provides levity, and it provides, it provides sort of a, obviously an escape, you know, for those of us, for all of us who are confined to our spaces. Of all the people that I know, I mean, you have probably, without a doubt, far more than I have been. You, you are probably the most disciplined person that I know when it comes to sheltering in place. You know wow. what I mean? Wow. Like we talked, we talked the other day and it was like, what are you doing every day? Like, man, I haven't gone anywhere in, in three weeks. You know, you, you, you told me you quarantined it for three weeks so that you could have a social distance dinner with your mother. Yeah. who had also quarantined for three weeks. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and, you know, I think people's definition right now of quarantining is a little bit different. Like, I don't, obviously I'm home more than I've ever been. You know, we all are. But I go on a, at least, I'll, I'll go on a mile and a half walk, two mile walk with the family and then in it every day. And then in addition to that, three, four days a week, I'll go on a five mile walk. I'll still go shopping. I'm still going shopping every, I mean, it's getting weirder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I by no means am I just in the I'm probably more than I should, to be honest. But I, I'm, I'm not in the house 24 hours a day. I don't do that. And by contrast, and I probably admittedly, I probably should be, you know what I mean? But by contrast, I think you out of anybody I know have been much more disciplined about taking that very literally. Yeah, well, I, well, two things about that, right? One is because I get food for people that cannot get sick, I have to be curious about it myself because if I'm getting food for people that are sick and I'm running around out here and touching everything, then they're going to, you know, I, can't, I just can't get sick. Uh, so there's that part of it. So I kind of behave as, almost as if I had it or I'm a carrier, you know? Yeah. Even a lot of times when I interact with Gab or with, my, you know, my folks, my mom's my aunt, I'll still wear gloves and or a mask, you know, especially right. with Gab, you know, because usually with Gab, there's some port, some transportation involved in me touching something, and I just want to make sure I'm not getting them sick, you know what I mean? And, and you know, and I'll go walking around, you know, I got a bunch of kettlebells and stuff, I'll go do my little workouts and stuff outside, you know, with the dog, but in the yard, really, you know, for the most part, we don't really 
we went, I went shopping once in the last two or three weeks, I guess. Yeah. That's amazing that you went, you went shopping every three weeks and you're shopping for other people. I'm going twice a week, man. You know, now admittedly, I'm using that shit as an excuse to get the fuck out of the house, which is, Uh, which is probably dangerous. You know, but I'm the same, man. I'm masked up. I'm gloved up, you know, when I'm going, I'm, I'm putting sanitizer on my gloves and all that shit. But I, I say that to say, I think that that's, that's commendable, you know, because I'm not sure sometimes, how do you feel about this? I mean, do you think we're doing as much as we should be? Are we taking it as seriously as we should be as, as a society shelter in place and quarantine in your opinion? Man, when I go out to the grocery store, I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> people be out here raw dog in nature, man. They be out here, no gloves, no mask, just like trying to just, I'm just like, don't do it, man. Put a yeah. hat on them hands, um, you know, so to speak. Or did you say, first of all, time out, did you say raw dogging nature? Yes, yes. People be out here trying to raw dog nature, D. They be out here with no gloves on, no mask, just yeah. freeballing it and fucking, you know, come on, man. You can't be freeballing it or in nature right now. This is not freeballing. I don't know that people are taking it seriously. I definitely know that there are some places that people aren't taking it seriously enough. You know, my feeling is that all of that, how people are acting or how much people are following or is following is almost secondary to messaging. If the messaging is on point, then the culture will fall in line with it. If the messaging yeah. is all over the place and weird, then it won't and the outcomes will be worse because people will be misinformed. And that with this is just, it's crazy, man. This is like the worst time it could happen just due to the climate of misinformation in the world right now. It's, yeah. just, you know, people just have the, just, they just don't know, man. Even people I know and that I'm cool with and, you know, people, I hear it from people all the time. They'll just have, two or three things, right? And then have another thing that's just way out and just not scientifically sound at all. And I'm just like, no, 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 not that part. That's yeah. not right. So when, when you say the messaging, do you mean like from the leadership, like from the top down, it's not consistent about how we should be treating this or how we should be right. reacting yeah. towards this? Yep. Okay, like, so like you, specifically, so you, what do you mean? So if you look across all of the different countries and how they responded and what their messaging was, in fact, you can look at Kentucky and Tennessee, which are right next to each other. Kentucky's messaging right from jump was to take it serious, caution people to distance, et cetera. Tennessee's was, it's not a big issue. Don't worry. You can still go out. Hey, let's fight this thing by being together. And within two weeks, Tennessee had three times as many cases. Yeah. And it's, it's, you can just see it right next to each other. And you can see it all over the world. You know, places that were really on point. Now, admittedly, some places, you know, places that were, like, affected by SARS early on, you know, a lot of East a- Asian and East Asian spots, like, they were kind of ready. They were just like, we've seen this before. This is what right. we got to do. This is how it ends. And in order to get there, you got to kind of be hard. It'll look really bad to everybody and to the world community. But we know if we do this, we can actually go back to regular life. I think that that's a, I think that that's a really good point. Cause in, in, in China, like I remember seeing how China was dealing with it. And I was like, wow, that seems kind of extreme. You know what I mean? But they had a, like, from what I saw and what I heard, I think I saw that they had a mandatory three month at the crib. You may not leave the house. 
three month mandatory lockdown. You can't go anywhere. You need, we're either going to bring the state was like, we're either going to bring you groceries or you need a permit to go someplace. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think within the past three weeks, they're just now leaving home. I mean, they, they flatten the shit out of the curve. Right. right. And, yep. and we haven't, I mean, come on, man, this shit shelter in place. The corn, our shit is totally voluntary. We don't even know what our curve is. <laughs> we yeah, I mean, it, it is just, it's, it's totally voluntary, man. You know what I mean? And I, I just feel like, They're trying you know, to stop testing. You know what I mean? Federal government trying to stop testing. Just like you said, it, it, seemed, it seemed extreme, and yet there were parts of it that were obviously very um, thoughtful. Like, you know, I remember I saw something from someone, somebody was talking about, well, they came down hecka hard on the folks, you know, in, in China, and they were, you know, and somebody was like, yeah, they came down so hard. You say that while I eat my free vegetables and free fish that was given to me by the government. You're over here right. struggling in America trying to see if you can get $1,200. I'm getting my groceries delivered to me for free, and it's built into the governmental budget. Like, they knew this was going to happen. Like, it's not like right. I feel like everybody saw it and thought and reacted in kind of a panicky way to that response to it. And now we're seeing yeah. that that's actually maybe the status quo to dealing with the pandemic. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think. I agree with you. I think that there's there's precedent out there from other countries that have dealt with obviously nothing on this scale, but company co countries that have dealt with SARS or Zika or bird flu. You know, other this is something that we've never really had to deal with. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes as Americans we get a little macho. You know what I mean? It's like oh, it ain't gonna be shit. We'll just we'll deal with it when it happens. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Corona. I was like that. I was like that. When this, when this shit first happened, right? When this shit first happened, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm drinking a Corona right now. You know what I mean? It was it was nothing, dude. I'm I'm going to a Chinese restaurant right now. You know, like I didn't I didn't take that shit seriously at all, you know? And and I was down in LA. I was in LA at the time, you know what I mean? And I was calling around and, and all the meetings I was supposed to have, all the sessions I was supposed to have, everybody one by one was hitting me on text, calling me like, look, man, I got to cancel, man. Everything is shut down. Da, 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 da. And I was, and I was like, okay, maybe I should just go home right now, you know, cause I could kind of see the writing on the wall. It was like down there, schools were starting to close down and this was happening and that was happening. And I'm like, meanwhile, you know, my family is back in the Bay. I'm like, okay, well, if that's happening there, it's definitely going to happen back home. So maybe I should just go ahead and change my flight. And at that point, I started to, and sure enough, the day I got home, my son's school announced that it was closing indefinitely. You know, yeah. well, that, it wasn't indefinitely. They gave a date, which has since come and gone, obviously. Right, you know right, what right, I mean? Sure. And, you know, it's like people started losing their jobs and, and yeah. it was it got very real very quickly, you know, and then you're sort of forced to take it seriously. No matter what, at that time, just a month ago, no matter what the death toll stats were, or no matter what, you know, you were being forced to take it seriously because suddenly we had shelter in place. Suddenly somebody in your family didn't have a job. Suddenly you were staying at home with however many kids you have, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it was really intense. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was really intense. And, and I think that, I, I you think know, it's still intense, too. I think this end of this yeah. month is going to get more intense, I feel like. Going into April, going into May, I think it's going to yeah. get more intense right now because people got to pay bills. And, they, you know, a lot of people ain't going to be able to pay their bills right now. And we're going to see how that shakes out because, yeah. again, 
you know, some people are going to be compassionate and about their community right now, and they're going to give people breaks. And yeah. those places will be less stressed than the places that are trying to get blood from a stone, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, as we go into week four, week five, week six, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty out there, right? Nobody knows how long this is going to go. You know, it, it, it seems to me that without a vaccine or without some sort of effective treatment, this is where we are for the time being indefinitely. You know, I mean, obviously we're recording artists, we're touring artists. I mean, you know, we both spend months on the road, you know, combined, you know, per year. And I get calls from my manager or my agent and they're like, well, we just got to offer for so-and-so, you know, first of all, just like everybody else, when, when all this happened, I'm sure you got the call. It's like, okay, three months of dates, just gone. Three months of concerts, just gone. Okay. All right. Well, it is what it is. Everybody's having trouble with the job, including artists right now. Mm -hmm. Right. But then as time went on, you know, we're starting to get these, these show offers, they're kind of trickling in, but everything is contingent upon coronavirus. And I just told my manager and I just told my agent, none of this means shit. They can make all the offers and put dates on the books all that they want. And until people feel safe gathering in groups, until people feel safe less than six feet away from each other, you know, like, and the, then, then nothing is moving. And it's not just our jobs. It's like nobody can go to work until there is something out there that can, can ensure your safety congregating in groups. Nothing is going to move forward. And so what does that mean? To me, that means either vaccine or some sort of treatment, you know, effective treatment that's going to allow us to do that. Yeah. And, I, and that's the thing to me. I mean, I've heard that the vaccine should be able to be, you know, apparently there's just one of these things where COVID and coronavirus is a thing that can get, you know, sequenced pretty easy. And they said they'll be able, they should be able to have a vaccine. Like everybody, everybody seems confident that they can have a vaccine about four, in about eight months, you know, eight months to a year or something like that. Um, I do think that things will change though by then, you know, like you think about the music industry and you think about when um, Napster came along and stuff got free once Napster was gone, stuff was still free. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, um, people had gotten used to it as a culture. And so I think that there are going to be some things that are going to happen right now that are going to change the culture in America in terms of connection. Because like you said, I think one of the things is not only the, the, the self kind of like realization that's going on right now. But right now is the time when you can connect. I feel like the connections that I've had with my family recently have been very, very uh, honest and like super sincere. You know what I mean? Like people really, really appreciate connection right now. And um, I think that that's going to be something that will be, might, might be that also might sustain past the quarantine, you know, is yeah. that connection um, and some of this stuff. You know, there are ways that like, you know, we've had, I've had, you know, we had Easter with my sister and my mother and my aunt and Yvette's parents on Zoom that, you know, and I think that after all of these traditional experiences are had on in the Zoom way, even when people start getting together again, it'll be like, oh, we're all over here. I got Tom on Zoom. Hold on. 
there's his family, and then X is here too, and his whole family, even though people are figuring out how to be together without being together now, and I think that that will, even when people can be together, they will still be together more. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, I think there's sort of a heightened sense of connectivity right mm-hmm. now, you know, just in the sense that there's so many other ways and it's, it's possible to connect in other ways than face to face or in, per- which, in person, which obviously is ideal, you know, and I think we've all come to also realize the value of that now is yeah. that the in-person connectivity, because I think a lot of times, you know, maybe we in the, in the past, like, like pre-corona, we didn't, we didn't place as much value on in-person interaction, you know, or it, it, it was probably felt like it was less, less and less necessary, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, we're in a place where we see how important and how, um, how valuable it is, but you're right. Maybe on the other side, now we see also how it doesn't, our, our, our connectivity is not limited to what we once thought it was, you know? So, yeah. So maybe like, it's crazy. Like I've seen like zoom 420 parties, you know what I mean? I've seen zoom cocktail parties, zoom happy hours, zoom coffee breaks, you know what I mean? Zoom dance parties in the living, you know, And all that shit to me is dope. You know, all that shit to me is really dope because I think without that sort of social component, we become very lonely. We all go to a very dark place, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and just as, as a coping mechanism, I think that that what technology has enabled us to do has been so important during this whole thing. You know, that's that's another thing is like, like I, I would ask you in this time, like what other kinds of mechanisms have you been using to cope with these parameters that we have to live within? Oh, man, we we for sure. We. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was totally. going to say one, one of the other things, one of the other things I ain't been I ain't been able to drink. So there's that I had a right before, right before this whole thing went down. I had a really yeah. bad stomach issue and like African, they're like, oh, you got to lay off drinking for a little while. And I was like, oh, all right. And then all of a sudden it was, I was like, well, I'm about to be sober in the apocalypse. Awesome. But the, uh, <laughs> but the other thing is like with the, with us watching stuff on zoom and like having these kind of virtual meetings and stuff, it'd be feeling like the future, man. Like we're like, finally technology is being used in the ways that it was supposed to in Star Trek and stuff like that. Because like you will actually have a, visitation with a bunch of people and on the big screen you got your folks up there some other family on this other screen you got another family you know it's getting to that point now where it'll be like you know you're having dinner and then on every wall there's another family that's also having dinner with you and you guys are right. going across it and also at the table and this other one over here and you know it's cool i like that you know i think it's cool that it helps in that way and then, okay, so the, and then physically, like, how have you been coping? You know, because obviously gyms are closed. You can't go to all the places that you once were able to go to, you know. Right. Um, I mean, I got, a, I got a medicine ball at the house. It's 20 pounds. I got, I got kettlebells up to 100 pounds out there. I go walk around. I got the, you know, I don't, I've done enough working out where I know kind of how to do it and to, in order to kind of, like, maintain yeah. So, I mean, that, that part of it hasn't been too bad for me. There are some things that I missed. There are, you know, I don't have any bar, I don't have any actual, like, barbells here, so I can't do any Olympic lifting at the house. 
But you know, I'm probably going to change that. We got to get a shed, about to throw some stuff here in the bay. You know, that's the other thing that you know is maybe not being spoken about too much. But like the home improvements going on in the quarantine are about to be out of control. Cause I'm about to have like a weight room in the back. You feel me? We about to have yeah. a chicken coop back here. You have a chicken coop? We do not yet, but the things have been ordered. I believe that the chickens have already been bought and have born dates. And it's so, are, are you about to establish a wet market in the back of your crib? I mean, man, you know, you have to move into the future. It's going to be <laughs> technology of us having dinner with other people. Wet market and Latifs. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Go ahead. And also barter, you know, in trade, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, do, do you feel as though people's sanity, well, not, not sanity, do you, do you feel like people's emotional well-being could be furthered and improved in this situation if, how do I want to phrase this, man? You know, it's kind of hard to phrase this because I, I but prior to going into this situation, like December, January, right? I just came out of like Thanksgiving and Christmas being like, wow, I don't feel very good. You know, I'm, I'm as heavy as I've ever been. I think, you know, right, right after Thanksgiving, going into December of 2019, I mean, I was at 218 pounds. You know what I mean? And that's probably the heaviest I've ever been as an adult, you know? Is that when I and I was just like, you know what? Did that show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I was probably a little bit less at that okay. point. Okay. Less than 218, you know what I mean? But, right before but you know, I'm 5'9", bro. You know, I mean, it, to, to, be, to, be two, to be basically 220 yeah. and 5'9", yeah. at this stage in my life, yeah. it's not really good. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not healthy, you know? And um, I just remember going into, into into December 2019, just feeling like, wow, I really have to do something about this because at this stage in my life, you know, when when you when you get into your 40s, you know what I mean? You're like, wow, okay, I'm a little closer to the end than I am to the beginning. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And it's like you really have to do things that certain things become more difficult, certain things become you know more challenging physically, and you're like, okay. I got to make some changes here, you know? And, and so just as we kind of got into December and January, like, and, and I got to say, like, I was really inspired by your example over the years. You know what I mean? I decided to really work on myself physically and work on my nutrition and so forth and so on. And I thought that, you know, like I said, probably around December, I was around 218, 219, you know, we're, what is it? It's, it's mid April now. You know, I'm at 180, you know, and that's, I haven't been 180 in 15, 15 years, maybe, you know what I mean? 15 or 20 years. And I thought that going into quarantine, you know, I thought that, you know, cause I, I developed a little routine. I was going to the gym, I was swimming, I was lifting, I was doing cardio. I was, you know, and I thought that by when, when shelter in place got announced and going into quarantine, I was going to, I was like, Oh fuck, here we go. All my progress is about to go down the tubes because I can't exercise. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, I was lucky enough. Our friend, you know, who, who I, I had been training with down in LA, our friend, Nate Mesmer, you know, offered oh, to take Mesmer. me on. 
and yeah, shout out to Mez, you know, who, um, you know, he offered to take me on and, and train me. And, but, you know, I was, I was obviously still on that path before he and I started working out. But I was really scared, man. I was really scared that all this momentum and all this progress that I had made going into shelter in place would just be, would just go evaporate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, I was able to develop a routine that involved weights and cardio. And luckily, you know, I was able to get all that shit before shelter in place happened. You know what I mean? Like all the equipment that I needed. I still don't have everything I want, but hey, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've managed to sort of stay on that track, you know, and, and I think, you know, even over the past month, like I've, my, my weight has steadily gone down and my strength has gone up, you know, and I, and man, I can't tell you how, and this is with me pretty much eating and cooking whatever we want, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how much, how valuable that's been for maintaining, you know, a positive outlook and an upbeat frame of mind and not succumb to the doom and gloom and, you know, everything that's going on around us. Cause it's real easy for that to happen right now, without a doubt. You know what I mean? You know, so this thing that you're talking about right here, when I first started working out, so when I, when I first started working out, it was in my early thirties cause my family has a case of uh, pre-diabetes and, um, and uh, cholesterol, high cholesterol. Family right. just takes high cholesterol. You can be, I can be eating a full vegetarian diet and just, you know, exercising. My cholesterol is going to be like 220, 250. It's going to get in there regardless. There's nothing you can do about it. So my doctor was like, I can start, you know, giving you pills that you got to take all the time for the rest of your life, or you can start working out. And I was like, okay, well, let me try working out. And there was a dude that I started working out with, this dude named Hamid. And he does Hamid's Fitness for Everyone. He's an older dude. When I was working out with him 10 years ago, he was like in his 60s then. And dude was swole. Just swole. Old dude, swole. Throwing weight, throwing up weight. And so I started working out with him. And he would talk about how when you really get into working out, he can tell when you don't need him anymore as a trainer because when you start to understand the mind-body-spirit connection, working out it and the kind of staycation that it is and the way that you can focus on being inside of your body and forget all of your problems for a minute so that when you come back they are not as big and they don't feel as bad anymore you can reach that kind of level of intensity he's like that's when you've been bitten by the bug and you don't really need me no more you can go do it by yourself he's like you know i'll come and i'll give you structure and make it so you happen but once you get that bug you're going to be coming out you're coming over to work out with me. You're not really coming over for me to work, you know, to, to show you what to do no more. And that's a real thing. You know, it's that, that, um, that feeling, which once you get it, you, you kind of have a different kind of camaraderie with other people that work out, regardless of what it is. You, you know, something like just being able to work out like that and get your mind, you understand something about LeBron James and how he does what he does. There's a certain amount of meditation that he's doing when he's going through all of the stuff that he's doing and the way he's forgetting about the whole world while he is in tune, you know something about how Steph Curry feels and what, how he trains and how he goes away. An athlete is, that's what, you know, and that's the whole thing with like CrossFit and a lot of other stuff. It's like everyone's an athlete. Like once you feel that feeling, you feel, and, and that's why you're impressed by other athletes. Wow. They, they've gotten that meditation down so well that they do it to that level. You know? Right. 
Yeah, and and I and I think it's interesting. Like as we as this conversation has has evolved over the past hour, you know, I think that probably my final takeaway from this has been, you know, the way that we cope ultimately with the trauma, the stress, the pressure, the confinement of what we're going through right now is a healthy spirit. You know what I mean? And, you know, as we talk, music has helped feed our spirits. Music has helped us stay strong and buoyant and, and sort of, uh, in the moment, you know, and community has helped us keep our spirits strong, you know, by via zoom, like what we're doing right now, we're like, like we talked about the zoom dance parties or whether it's, you know, sort of, seeing the memes, you know, like the, the sort of the online community has help, help keep our spirits buoyant, you know what I mean? And then there's the physical component, you know, just us able to kind of expand our lungs and, and, and lift something that's heavy, you know, or, or, you know, stretch or take walks or whatever, you know? And I think that, um, I think all those things, uh, contribute to a strong healthy spirit and that what i'm getting from talking to you and i feel the same way is that's kind of what's helping us and will continue to help us to endure in this situation and it's a lot of things you know we've talked about how like the last trumpet is one of the themes for for this discussion but you know while the last trumpet does have the lyric in it you know um healthcare battles bioengineering for the worldwide scare of the plague that we're fearing which is like right now so poignant but it's also the right now we have the opportunity for self-improvement you know what i mean and that's really like a a lot of what we just talked about like these these things are self-improvements um they're self-improvements of of the community they're improvements of self as they interact with the community they're improvements as far as self-realization and self-clarity and we're talking about things that are improvements just physical self-improvements just this right now it is a time of you know, that there's this terrible scare out there and we have to do the right things to be safe and not get sick and protect others that are vulnerable. It is also an opportunity for self-improvement, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's the silver lining. There is the opportunity, you know? And I think, I think that's a great place to leave it, man. So listen, man, I want to say thank you, man. This was our maiden voyage. I really enjoyed this. I knew that you would be the perfect person to do this for the very first one. Cause I know, I know just from, you know, the 25 years of us knowing together, these conversations could go on forever, you know? And I, and so I knew that once we got rolling, this would go to a, a great place. You know what I mean? So I really want to thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. Always a pleasure. Latif, the true speaker, my brother. Love you, man. Love you too, man. A minute. Okay, man. Peace. Yo, thank you for listening to Mobile Homies. Make sure you subscribe and hit me with a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you catch your podcast. For more content, hit up lyricsborn.com. Love y'all. Uh.